Welcome, everybody, to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. We really welcome audience participation. After all, we are here to link the industry. So if you have a comment on any of the stories we discussed today, please raise your hand. There's a button for that, and uh, we'll sort you out and get you on stage. So with that out of the way, my name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the serviceability of travel management companies through the effective use of data. And I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant with LeapShift in the travel and airline industry. Happy to help you with anything related to a retail, NDC, one order and distribution. I also work as an instructor with both IOTA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in business travel in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. And Anush, thank you for joining me again today. For those in the audience that's new to this, um, thank you for giving us your time. The format of this discussion evolves around the post I do on a Friday where I've tried to gather the most talked about travel industry stories from last week, and then we discuss them here this week. Ash, why have there been massive cancellations again in the US? Remind me. What, what's oh, the because of weather. We had the weather issues. Oh, weather. Okay, right, yeah. weather. And of course, we're in the middle of July 4th weekend, so Friday yeah. started off uh, pretty bad. And of course, you know, that led to the whole Scott Kirby story. So let's just keep talking about that story, because that was one of the stories on my list, which talks about the thousands of flight cancellations in the U.S. that happened due to initially bad weather. Um, and it was impacting specifically United and JetBlue, I suspect, because of the location of their hubs, right? So they were yes, mostly that's impacted. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then it, the Chicago so, market had bad weather. Uh, New York market had bad weather. Okay. And of course, those are Newark and Chicago O'Hare, which is all so United us, hubs. Tell us about the few mistakes that Scott made then, Ash. So Scott needed to get home for the holidays because it is July 4th weekend and he lives in Denver, Colorado. So he was here in New York. And unfortunately, because of all the cancellations, he was not able to get on a flight. So he booked himself a private jet and flew from Newark to Denver. And then, of course, the press got hold of it and it became a big deal. Uh, and then he had to go online and write a whole big letter and apologize for the fact that he left his passengers behind. As a CEO of an airline, right, you can't really say good luck to all my passengers. People were stuck for days. It's not like it was a small thing, right? I mean, it's not like we had a couple of small cancellations. It was a whole weekend worth of cancellations. And so he ended up uh, taking a private jet plane and people were really mad and he had to issue a apology letter. So was it a United private plane? Like, do they have like corporate United jets or was it like a proper third party rental? Proper third party. I'm sure he has access to that kind of stuff. I'm not really sure uh, what company he used, but essentially just out of the private airport here in New Jersey where the private planes fly. So it wasn't, he didn't even leave out of Newark. He went to another airport, a private jet airport and took off from there. How's he paddling out of that one or not really? Well, it's it's pretty bad. He issued a letter and he addresses the United employees. And then he says, oh, United employees, this is a letter for you. And oh, by the way, world, this is a letter I sent to my people. And in the letter, he addresses the whole United organization as team. And then he goes on to talk about how this has been the hardest week for myself. Right. So it's like it's all about you, Scott. So I think that was a big mistake. Right. No, you flew on the private jet home. Right. It's not a bad week for you. Uh, it's a bad week for everybody else. So that didn't go very well. And uh, so it's just like, you know, once you start going downhill, you go downhill pretty fast. Yes. And not a great week for them at all. Okay. But I don't understand. I mean, people in these positions, don't they have advisors, <laughs> you know, really sort of people who can tell them and say, this is not a clever move. Those advisors right? stuck at the airport. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I can tell that this is not a clever move. No, I mean, indeed. I mean, well, you know, but I remember when you phone the, you know, the jet company and you know, pull out your credit card, you just sit back and think for one second. Eh? <laughs> yes, yes. Honestly. <laughs> Moving on to South America, we had this on the show here a couple of weeks ago. We talked about this potential um, merger between um, Viva uh, Airlines in Colombia and Avianca, but that fell through because um, Viva itself is now actually liquidating and not going to make it. So um, not going to happen that merger at all. Is this expected, Anne, or is it a bit unexpected? To me, it was actually unexpected. But, you know, mm-hmm. what's really bizarre to me is all these demands that um what was it the aero civil right out of colombia were making you know at the end of the day is it better to to merge or is it better than to liquidate honestly i have no clue i mean somebody's got to pick up the pieces here did you pick up on the story ash i did and i felt sad because you know viva air i think had pretty good shelf life right it was i think more than a decade or something they were in yes. operation 14 years. Uh, avianca was doing a really hard job trying to get this to be done so to answer your question and i think it's better to just pick up the pieces than to merge because merge oh. requires so much politics yeah. and corporate cultures and all sorts of things whereas yeah, you can just take true. a plane and paint it <laughs> <laughs> just a bit of a paint job and there we go But we normally take a bit of time out to just remind you that uh, this show is about linking the industry. For those joining us today for the first time, any of the others you see there in the audience, you should absolutely connect to and make sure you are. And um, thank you for giving us your time. We really appreciate it. But we do pick uh, one specific individual each week where we say they are our link of the week. Our link this week is Stefan Thiel from uh, Seedboost. He works for a very interesting company. If you haven't heard of Seedboost, you should go check them out. But um, Stefan's profile is right there in the audience. So click on him and make sure that you are connected to him very interesting guy and um, interesting company that he works for so there is your link of the week Stefan thank you for being a regular on our show very nice to see you thank you for your time and thank you again for everybody else for giving us your time Ash, your skepticism about global airlines is noted, but did you see they picked up two or three uh, more A380s? Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, they've got... Well, they can also pick up the Viva airplanes if they want. They could do, yes, but they are specifically interested in the A380s, so I think they will now have three or four. And they did come back to me, the founders did come back to me to say they would be delighted to be on our show, so they will come and join us and talk to you about their business plan, Ash, but um, they're just busy going to collect and paint these planes now so um i think they'll have four at the moment a380s have they even started flying yet these guys no no not yet no not yet oh okay they're just looking at the plane they're buying them you know refitting them putting that throne seat in for ash and repainting it (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i'll pay extra for the uh higher level seat i told them i told them My last story was just interesting to note. We have mentioned this a few times, but we couldn't understand how this guy could stay in a job. But the CEO at Heathrow is out. This is where we should have had the music playing, right? But uh, should you see his app is being replaced? don't know whether you saw that, but I, I do know we talked quite a bit about the CEO of Heathrow and asked him why he's still in a job. Really? He's yes. out? Done? He's yeah, out. He's and the guy they're replacing him yeah. with? Copenhagen, Copenhagen Airport. Yeah, Copenhagen Airport. Yeah. Okay. Danish guy. Uh, did he do a good job at Copenhagen Airport? say so. I mean, I, I personally like Copenhagen Airport very much. I think it's a beautiful airport. They do well for themselves. I mean, 
So John K is the guy's name, right? He's the one who's out. He's been in Ethiopia right. for 14 years. Yes, but we did complain yes. about him quite a lot. <laughs> yes, we, we oh, have been complaining guys. about him and he's now replaced. Well, and I think Virgin uh, Atlantic complained about him and everybody That's complained right. about him. That's right. Yeah, I think everybody complained about him, Ash. I don't yes. think it was our doing that. that it was that. the Heathrow Express that never complained about him, actually. <laughs> The only thing I've sort of noted this week, and and that's that's really sad. That is the the, the story about this elephant in Sri Lanka. It's now been chipped on an illusion back to Thailand, which has cost seven hundred thousand dollars. The poor elephant's been very maltreated or in a very very bad state. He's on his way back home now. Was he used for sort of, sort of tourism no, situation? He, he was a gift from yeah. Thailand to Sri Lanka. And okay. and that's actually very interesting. That really made me think about these animals that are China always gives away pandas, yes. right? And yes. It really made me think about this whole notion of actually sending animals as a gift. Most bizarre, don't you think? No, I don't think they should do that kind of stuff. Animals should stay in the country from where they came. Yes. 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 That is absolutely bizarre. <laughs> Did you guys uh, see the story about uh, SpotNana and United Airlines? So SpotNana announced that they have NDC connection now with United. The part of this story that was interesting to me, of course, the connections and all that stuff is wonderful and great. The part that I was focused on is the fact that they said in this article that 40% of the airline's bookable content is not available in the traditional Edifact channel. I never knew that United had 40% of bookable content outside of that in the first place. Of course, unlike American, United never made that comment or made any public uh, statement about it, which is consistent with their approach on this topic. I found that to be quite interesting that the number was as high as 40%. Yeah, I saw your post on that and pointed that out. It, it is a significant number. There was something else about that post which I want to catch up with Johnny on, um, which is about the mention that they've got deep level and some other functionality there which is unique to them. And I would love to know what that is because it doesn't actually say much about what that is unless I, I misread that there was something unique that Spotlana has got access to? I think the unique part is the fact that they have connected the United agents into this process. So the way they explain it, of course, I don't think that the United agents are using the Spotlana platform to do this. Of course, this is all built on the API technologies, but the United agents are now able to service the PNR and send that PNR with whatever servicing that they did, whether it's a change of date, seat assignment, uh, waiver codes, whatever it might be, and send that back to the agency of record, just like they would normally through the EdEffect channels. I'm not convinced about that, Ash. I think this is once again a case of, you know, maybe the first in America, but we've certainly seen instances where the agent can see the updates to the PNR. I think it would be good to talk to Donnie about that and make sure we understand that. But I mean, it's, it's very good news. You know, it's not it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying it's, I have seen it elsewhere as well. I don't think that it's unique to Spot Nana, but you know, I think it's just fabulous that United have really opened up this sort of. There's no sort of firm border between the agency and uh, and the PSS. So anyone service and help help out with the booking, which I think is a is a huge step forward. I didn't think it was unique to spot nana but will be very interesting so Ash, um, i suspect that you have um space some space news for us right yes we have some space news stories this week everybody 
we had two stories. Both of them have a European storyline in them. I'll start with the first one, which was a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket uh, that took off this past week. And it was uh, in collaboration with um, the European Space Agency. The European Space Agency has been working on a satellite that they're calling Euclid. And Euclid is designed to go and look into dark energy and dark matter. So this satellite was put on top of the Falcon 9 rocket sent out in space, and it began a month-long journey from the orbit of the Earth to where its final destination will be, which is about one million miles away from Earth in a certain part of the galaxy that they call L2, which is between the Earth and the Sun. And what Euclid will be doing is spending a lot of time there uh, trying to gather information, sending it back to Earth so that the European Space Agency can work on that. This is actually a consortia effort by a lot of different scientists, 2,000 of them across 13 European nations, US, Canada, and Japan were involved. So a pretty big global undertaking, but the work of this uh, satellite is to go out there and collect information on dark energy and dark matter. I love it. Pretty cool. Did they take some dark matter with them? Is that how I read it? No, it's supposed to scan the universe. It's uh, going to collect data and stuff, and uh, and it's going to send all this content back so that we can analyze it here on Earth. Okay, and at one stage in the future, that's going to help us with uh, travel, right? So, interesting yeah. story. And what do you, you said there are two space news stories, right? Yeah, so the other one was Virgin Galactic conducted its first commercial suborbital flight on a uh, vehicle that they call uh, the VSS Unity. And uh, this vehicle took off. This is actually in collaboration with the Italian Air Force, and uh, it was a research mission. So uh, this is a very short flight. It's a very short trip, unlike the Euclid that's gone out into space for a long time. Uh, this one actually was a simple trip, the way they took off. Of course, they took off from the uh, Spaceship 2 vehicle. So they take off you know, on Earth, and then the rocket fires off into space. And uh, they went up there for a little while, and then the plane came back and landed on Earth. So roughly, it's about 15 minutes of a flight, very short flight. But it was a really uh, good mission for the Italian who were working on some research on that flight. And you had a lot of the Italian Air Force people on this plane. So again, first time that they're doing this. This is a commercial flight, by the way. So a pretty significant piece of news. And then Virgin Galactic is planning to hold another flight now because now you know we're opening the door to commercial flight, right? So this is all paid for by a third party and Virgin Galactic will be hoping to do another one of this in August. You're going to come back there to the place you left from, right? That's the only catch. You're not actually going to go in two minutes. Yeah, exactly. But um, I saw I saw the photo of the guy holding up that little flag. It was, it was very nice. So um, they obviously had a good time. And I read something about the backlog. They're going to try and catch up because there's quite a backlog. Lots of people have paid for this, but um, now they need to catch up, right? And they they also thinking about a bigger aircraft. And remember that this is a suborbital flight. You experience uh, weightlessness for a short period of time. Any interest in lining up there, Anne? Oh, it's just so fascinating. Um, I, I'm just fascinated by all of this. Aren't we all, right? It's just regular. Like, it's happening all the time. Remember, we went through a period mm. of time where there was nothing like this happening on Earth at all. Now, mm-hmm. it's constantly happening. And by the way, the Euclid was supposed to happen with the Russian space agency. But because of all the issues in Ukraine, they shifted gears to SpaceX. So SpaceX wasn't expecting this line of business. Very nice. Yeah, and I think you were saying we were not uh, interested in, in uh, space business. So we met Ash, right? <laughs> That's very true. From my side, I just want to say, and Ash, thank you very much. We do this weekly, so I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for your time. And for those of the audience, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you, everyone in the audience. And a special shout out to my pal, buddy, Stefan Thiel. 
All right, everyone. Thank you for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it's all about linking the industry. Please do share this event with everybody that you know. If you enjoyed today's session, chances are high that others that you know will as well. If you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, the session is available as a podcast on Business Travel 360, and you can subscribe to the podcast by searching Business Travel 360 on your favorite podcast player. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. Thank you.